Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, grand old badger state, we thy loyal sons and daughters, healthy, good, and great. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, champion of the right. Forward our mark, oh God will give thee might. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, grand old Badger State, we thy loyal sons and daughters, healthy, good, and great. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, champion of the Reich, forward our motto, God will give thee might. Yeah! Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 186, Wisconsin Turkey Hunt. And I am your host and the guy who is back home trying to tie up some loose ends before hitting the road again. Today, we are 302 days, 11 hours, 35 minutes and six seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Man, I gotta tell you, it feels so good to sleep in my own bed. (laughs) Even if it's just for a few nights, it's really nice to be home for a little bit. So as I mentioned, I am back home, but I'm not unpacking my bags or my gun case. I do, however, need to pack a few more shotgun shells, as you already know, and I pulled out my dirty clothes to wash them, dry them, soak them in permanone again, and repack them. Because soon, I'll be back out on the road to try to mark off two, and hopefully three more states off my list. But today, I want to talk about my trip to Wisconsin and Minnesota. Actually, I'm teasing you guys a bit, and I'm just going to share my Wisconsin turkey hunting stories with you guys, and I'll share Minnesota with you next week. I have a heck of a lot to share with you about Wisconsin, so let's get started. 
So I can't remember if I mentioned to you guys or not that my Yankee buddy, John, was supposed to go on this trip with me to Wisconsin and Minnesota. And about three days before the trip, he canceled. So that left me having to make some different arrangements. My different arrangements were now I need a rental car. And instead of me and John sharing the cost of a hotel room, that leaves the cost of lodging all on me. And I had an idea. Since I needed a rental car and I needed lodging, why didn't I get two for one? So where I could have rented a small or mid-sized car, I opted instead for a standard size SUV. And my plan became sleeping in the vehicle. And when I landed in Wisconsin, I would stop somewhere and get an air mattress, a sleeping bag, and some groceries, and a couple of coolers as well. And that is exactly what I did. So I had plans at that point to sleep in the back of an SUV on an air mattress in a sleeping bag for six nights. So when I landed in Milwaukee, I went to the rental car booth where they offered me a Buick Enclave or a Ford Flex. Well, I wasn't real sure if I could sleep in the back of a Buick Enclave. I believe that they are much smaller vehicles than a Ford Flex is. And I was pretty sure that the Ford Flex was an all-wheel drive. Now, I didn't really think that I was going to need a vehicle with all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, but what does it hurt? And I felt 99% sure I could sleep in the back of that Ford Flex without a problem. So I opted for the Flex, got the rental car, left the airport. I went to Walmart and picked up air mattress, sleeping bag, an air pump to pump the mattress up, and what I felt like was a week's worth of groceries, and two coolers, and a pocket knife because I left my pocket knife at home accidentally. So I load all of this stuff into the Ford Flex and I head west, southwest. And this is the part of the story where I probably need to throw out some huge thank yous because this trip would not have been nearly as successful if it weren't for people like Justin Dock and Jeff Grzynski, just to name a couple of them. And I really hate naming names in a situation like this because I had about three or four other people reach out to me and offer assistance in planning this trip and actually hunting on this trip. And I am extremely grateful to everyone who offered information and assistance that helped me out on this. Jeff Grzynski actually took the time to send me a map where he had laid out all of the details of a piece of public land that he hunts and had dropped pins in locations where he's killed turkeys, seen turkeys, heard turkeys, knows where turkeys like to loaf midday. I mean, this is about as thorough of a map as you could wish for. Justin Dock offered me the opportunity to hunt his uncle's farm, and that was my destination to start with. 
So my plan was to hunt the farm for a couple of days, and if I hadn't killed anything, go hit the public land that Jeff sent me to and see what I could do there. So I arrived at Justin's uncle's farm in southwest Wisconsin around 3 p.m. Friday afternoon. I've never met Justin's uncle before face-to-face. I have talked to him on the phone because I wanted him to be comfortable with me coming to hunt his farm, and I know the best way to do that is for him to actually speak to me. So when I was on the phone with Justin's uncle, I offered my assistance to help around the farm for a couple of days while I was there hunting, and he gladly took me up on that offer. And now my offer was sincere, so I wanted him to take me up on it. I actually very much enjoy doing that kind of stuff because it is such a drastic change. It's a 180 degree change from what I do day in and day out, which is work with my brain and push paper all day long. And it takes me back to my roots as well. Growing up in the nursery and landscape business, we were always around tractors and equipment We were always outside. We were always getting dirty. And so I knew that this would be an opportunity to get out and give back, hopefully give back a little bit of something to a gentleman who's kind enough to take in a stranger to hunt his farm. So after arriving at Justin's uncle's farm, and we're going to call him Mr. Ken for the sake of the show, so I don't have to keep calling him Justin's uncle. So I arrive at Mr. Ken's farm about 3 or 3.30, Friday afternoon, have a brief conversation with him, and I tell him that I have two goals for my trip there. Goal number one is for him to never know I was even there when I leave. Goal number two was to hopefully help leave the place a little bit better than it was when I got there, meaning I wanted to help out around the farm. So after we chatted for probably 30 or 45 minutes, Mr. Ken said, well, let's get in the truck and let me take you for a ride and show you these farms that I have for you to hunt and show you the property lines as well. So I get in the vehicle with Mr. Ken and we ride around and we check three different pieces of property. One is the homestead where the farmhouse is and all of their barns and sheds and everything that they use day in and day out. This piece of property is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 to 120 acres. Then Mr. Ken has a 40-acre section across the county road from the homestead, and he shows me that. Then we drive about a mile and a half down the county road, and he shows me another 40 that he owns and that I can hunt. So when we get back to the farmhouse, Mr. Ken says, well, I'm sure you want to throw on your clothes and go on out there and hunt this afternoon, don't you? And I said, well, unless you've got a few things you need me to help with around here, then yes, sir, that's what I'd like to do. And he said, I don't have anything for you to do today. He said, there's probably a couple of things you can help me out with tomorrow. So why don't you go on out and hunt? So I said, I will do that. And where would you recommend I go? Where would you go if you were me? So Mr. Ken thought for a few minutes and he said, I think I'd hunt over here at the homestead. So I said, all right, that's what I want to do. 
And so Mr. Ken said, well, go take your bags up into the bedroom. There's a bedroom upstairs. Take your bag up there. Make yourself at home. Change clothes and get on out and get hunting. And I said, well, Mr. Ken, I I appreciate the offer to stay in your house, but I'd really planned on staying in the vehicle. I don't, I do not want to be an inconvenience to you and your wife while I'm here. And he said, you will not be an inconvenience to us at all. We had planned on you staying here at the house the whole time that you're here hunting. And that's the way it is. And he said, now, if it makes you uncomfortable to stay in the house, then you're welcome to stay in the car. I'm just going to let that decision be yours. So I said, well, okay. So I grabbed my camo clothes out of my suitcase and I went upstairs to the bedroom and changed clothes. I came back down and jumped into the Ford Flex, drove over to the parking area of where I was going to hunt, got out. I walked around, found me a nice spot up on the side of the hill, and I sat down and began to call a little bit. Well, Friday afternoon, I ended up not hearing anything gobble, nor did I see any turkeys, but it was obvious that there are turkeys in the area. So at dark, I walk back to the flex, drive back to the house, eat dinner, and chit-chat with Mr. Ken and Miss Beverly for a little while, and retired for the evening. Well, from doing a little bit of research online, I noticed that it was going to get daylight pretty early. It looked like the first sign of daylight was about 4.45. I knew I was about 15 minutes away from where I was going to hunt. So I figured, okay, I need to get up at about 4.30. I need to throw on my clothes, slip out of the house, get in the vehicle, and go over to where Mr. Ken suggested I go Saturday morning. So that's exactly what I did. I slip out, I get the car, I leave, I drive about two minutes from their house, park the car, and now I'm hunting the homestead, but I've just moved a little bit further away from their house, parked the vehicle, walked across an open field, and down into a little head of woods where I can hear turkeys gobbling all around me. When I got out of the vehicle at about 4.50, turkeys were already gobbling. And it's dark. I mean, it's not quite pitch black dark, but it is dark. So I walk across the open field into that little neck of woods and I find a spot to sit down between two different groups of gobbling turkeys. Now, little did I know at the time that I sat down that I actually set up about 10 yards from the property line and the fence that runs along the property line. And I didn't know that at the time because I thought that that fence was the cross fence that Mr. Ken said that he recently built. But once it started cracking daylight, I noticed that that was not the cross fence. That was the property line fence. So I kind of boxed myself into a corner a little bit here. But I had turkeys gobbling around me and I was not about to move. The woods are very open on this piece of property because it's a cattle farm. The majority of that piece of property where his homestead is, is where Mr. Ken keeps his cattle. So there's very little underbrush at all on this property. So Saturday morning, I heard, I'm going to say between 20 and 25 different gobbling turkeys. They were everywhere. Not all of them were on Mr. Ken's farm but they were everywhere around there. So I felt pretty good about my odds of getting 
a turkey to come in, but what I didn't feel real good about was my setup because even though I knew where turkeys were as I was calling, I didn't know which turkeys or turkey might come in to my calling and from what direction. So I'm sitting here on this hillside and I am watching the neighbor's hillside where I hear two turkeys gobbling and I hear two hens calling as well. It gets to be about fly down time and these gobblers have been gobbling their brains out for probably an hour. And all of a sudden I see a turkey pitch out of the tree on the hillside across from me off the neighbor's property and sail down into the cow pasture on Mr. Ken's property. Out in front of me about 75 yards and I can see that it's a hen and here comes the next turkey out of the tree and sails down and lands next to this first turkey and I can see that one's a hen. So now I've got two hens on Mr. Ken's property right in front of me and there are two gobblers still on the roost on the ridge on the neighbor's property. Well the gobblers didn't sail down. They basically climbed the ladder down out of the tree because they continued to gobble from the same location that they'd been gobbling while they were on the roost. Except now they've gone and they've met up. So now these two turkeys are together and they're gobbling. And I can hear them off on the neighbor's property gobbling and gobbling and gobbling. Meanwhile, I hear two or three more gobblers up on Mr. Ken's property between me and Mr. Ken's house. But as I just mentioned, I'm on the side of a hill. The woods are very open and I'm not moving anywhere without being seen and spooking turkeys. So I figure I'm better off just sitting where I am and continuing to call. So I continue calling and these two turkeys that were on the neighbor's property start my direction. They're probably 150 yards off when I determine that they're coming my way. And they're gobbling and they're double gobbling. And as they get closer, I can hear them spitting and drumming. And all of a sudden, I see some movement up ahead on the neighbor's farm. And it's a turkey. And the turkey's walking straight towards me. Then I see the beard. Then I see the turkey behind the first turkey. And I see the beard on him. And they're continuing to walk towards me steadily coming at me, coming at me, coming towards the property line fence. They're coming from my left to my right. At one point in time, both of those turkeys walked directly in front of my gun barrel at about 30 yards. I could have whacked one of them so easily, but the turkeys are on the neighbor's farm. So I wait, and I'm watching, and I can't move. And I'm watching them continue to come towards me, and there are two decent-sized trees that are side-by-side, side, and the turkeys walked behind those trees. And when they did, I moved my gun over, and I got ready. And I kind of pointed it at the direction that I thought that they would come underneath the fence. But instead, they kept angling from my left to my right and getting a little bit further away. So I'm at the point now to where there's nothing between me and these turkeys except for four strands of barbed wire. So I am watching these turkeys moving only my eyes. So as they're coming closer to the fence line, I'm watching them and they're getting to that point to where they are out of my main line of view. And I'm having to watch them out of the corner of my eye. And it's still kind of gray outside. 
And when the first turkey ducks his head to go up underneath the fence, I made my mind up. That was the opportunity I was going to take to swing my gun further to the right, click the safety off, and shoot. And that is exactly what I started to do. I click the safety off, I swing the gun over to the right, and when I do... All right, that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's story, then you'll need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And it's very easy to do that. All you have to do is text the word Turkey Hunter to the number 44222. That's Turkey Hunter, one word, to the number 44222. When you do that, I will reply with a text message that says, please reply with your email address only. Once you reply with your email address only, I will then email you a link that you can click to be taken to the subscription page where you can set up a username and a password and pay the $12 per year subscription cost. That $12 will get you the premium content for this week's show, all of the premium content for the past episodes, and and the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. Now, one thing that I haven't mentioned to you guys yet is that if you're interested in becoming a premium content subscriber to the Turkey Hunter podcast, you probably want to go ahead and do that sooner rather than later. Because on June 1, I will be increasing the cost of the annual subscription. I haven't decided 100% just yet how much it's going to go up, but you will want to pay that lower subscription cost before June 1. So there's your warning. It's about a two-week notice. And considering the fact that subscribing takes you about three minutes to do, why, you've got plenty of time. Now, I've got one favor to ask of you before I cut you loose for the week, and that favor is this. If you would please like and share the post for this week's show on social media, that would be a huge help. It helps to grow the listener base for this show, and it's very easy to do. So if you'll do that for me, I'll just go ahead and tell you big props right now. I greatly appreciate it, and I'm going to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. 
We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.